Everybody is different, right? Everybody has different needs. And even like my body or your body day to day is going to have different needs. So when we're looking at someone else's intake in a day of however many calories with whatever foods, that's not going to directly translate to what our needs are, what our activity is, what our muscle mass is, what our genetics are, not to mention like food accessibility as well, plus all of the other things that determine our health. Hi, I'm Amy Kiefer, a nurse, doula, and personal trainer. And I'm Crystal Howell, a women's health and orthopedic physical therapist. We're the co-founders of Expecting and Empowered, and we just so happen to be sisters. We built this business because we saw a huge gap between the information that women were given during pregnancy and postpartum and the information that they need. We're committed to helping close the gap so that women are better equipped to navigate these demanding and challenging years. Yes, we're both moms of three, so we know firsthand how many changes women go through physically, mentally, and emotionally because women aren't getting enough information to make informed decisions about their own health. It leaves mothers picking up the pieces afterwards. We need that to change. With our professional backgrounds, we're going to pull the curtain back on this season and give you the information you need to thrive. We're on a mission to change women's health. Let's do this. Today on the podcast, I am here with Sammy Gallup from Anti-Diet Mama. Sammy is a mom of two, a registered dietitian, and she is on a mission to help people have a better quality of life by improving their nutrition and their relationship with food. Okay, so I want to know, first things first, were you always passionate about nutrition and health or how did you come into this profession? That's a really good and complicated question. Um, I guess it's not too complicated because I, looking at my background, I grew up eating like Skittles and Doritos and drinking Sprite. I'm the youngest of four. My parents just like gave up, not care. (laughs) They did not care. So I grew up like just like a scrawny little thing and did not care about my health really until high school. And I was trying to think, I don't even really know why I started caring about my health. I started exercising. I was an athlete in high school. Um, I started like making my own lunches, probably like my junior year of high school. Um, And one thing that kind of triggered me to want to go into the health profession was that one of my best friends had an eating disorder Mm -hmm. when I was in high school. And so what I really wanted to do actually was go into psychology and become a psychologist um, and do therapy for people that have eating disorders. But then I decided I don't want to go to school for a PhD. I like really just want to get in there. Um, And when I was an athlete in college, I ended up taking a nutrition 101 course and I was like, oh, this is it. I like really want to teach people about nutrition and I can still work with eating disorders. So I ended up changing my major my junior year of college and went from psychology to dietetics. And I've always been really passionate about just having a good quality of life and making sure that I'm taking care of myself and I want to help other people to do that too. So that's kind of what got me to where I am today in a little roundabout way. That's interesting. My nutrition 101 course, I was like, 
Mm, that's all I need of that. <laughs> Very opposite effect. It was like all for that college athletes and like supposed to be really easy and then it wasn't. Yeah. So it's like, huh, <laughs> it's funny. huh. Yeah. I'm not going to have that as my minor. Okay. So one thing that I know that we've spoken about before, we're both passionate about this, something that you talk about on your account is that a lot of women are actually under eating. And we find with our people, with our listeners, these expecting and empowered moms, a lot of them are breastfeeding and they're working out and they're chasing their toddler around. And still they're not making time to eat like a nice nutritious meal. So I want you to talk about why is this hard on our bodies and how do we know if we're under eating? Yeah. So I want to discern really quick because I think that it's important to recognize whether we are purposefully restricting Mm. our food versus just not thinking about it and putting ourselves last because when we're purposefully restricting, we are creating a really bad relationship with food by dieting and trying to bounce back after pregnancy and like lose all of the baby weight so you get back to your pre-pregnancy weight. Um, And that can be really harmful in our health for health in a lot of ways. Um, but if we are not purposefully restricting and we're just like, you know, our second thought, we're not really thinking about our own self. We're thinking about taking care of everybody else. What I see often is that we're not eating like all day long. Maybe we're just having snacks here and there when our kids are. Um, but what happens is we're not eating up enough during the day and then we're getting the majority of our calories in at night after our kids go to bed. That's like a very, very common thing that I see with my clients. So the first thing I want to talk about is just our basal metabolic rate, which is how many calories or how much energy our body needs when we're at rest. So what do our organs need? What do our muscles need? What does our brain need? What do we need just for our basic metabolic functions? Um, And baseline calories for that for most people is going to be somewhere around 1,300 to like 1,800 calories, depending on how big or small or how far postpartum you are, wherever you're at. Um, And when we're seeing all of these restrictive diets, what we're seeing is people eating like 1,200 calories. So we're not even giving our body... What it it needs to survive. Yes, exactly. Um, So then we are holding back from our bodies. We're not giving it adequate nutrition. And then all of a sudden it hits the fan and we are, you know, finding ourselves feeling out of control with food, binging on food, grazing on food throughout the day. And we're seeing our weight cycle quite a bit. So like a yo-yo up and down weight, which is really hard on our health. Um, so first of all, we're not getting our body adequate energy. We're not letting our organs, our hormones function adequately, especially if you're breastfeeding that like multiplies how many calories you need in a day. Um, so you might see issues with supply. You might be feeling really fatigued. You might be feeling really tired on top of all of the other things that moms are demanded to do running around toddlers and, you know, we, we have so much on our plates. Um, so it's oftentimes that we're seeing really low energy. Maybe you're getting sick a lot. You might be losing hair. You might have skin issues. You might always feel cold. Um, you might have issues with bowel management and gut health and fatigue. You might be really quick to emotions, um, or like feeling hangry all of the time. 
you might feel like meals aren't satisfying. You might feel out of control with food. So there, are the, there's really an endless list of how do you know that you're under eating. Um, but you have to really just create some awareness around it and make sure that you are responding to what your body's telling you. Otherwise, you're just creating more of a vicious cycle. You know, the thing about that too is like I can relate. I really wasn't purposefully under eating, but you just get so busy. So I was doing a lot of like on the go eating Mm -hmm. and it just made it harder to really listen to your body. And so this next question relates to that because I got to a point and we were kind of talking, talking about my nutrition and I was like, I literally don't even feel hungry. Like I don't feel hungry. I feel like I'm just fine. And I think a lot of women listening can relate. So I wanted to know when you're working with someone and they say, I don't feel hungry. I don't feel full. I don't feel like I have the ability to listen to my body anymore. What would be the first step that someone could take to try to start to heal that? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, I kind of have to discern a little bit because when you are saying you don't feel hungry or you're not feeling full, that tells me that you're under eating. When you're saying, I don't have the ability to listen to my body, that means you have a lot of disruptors. And mm-hmm. I think both of those things were going on for you. So let me get into that a little bit. Um, so when you are under eating, like I said, one of the basic functions of your body is producing hormones like leptin and ghrelin that tell you when you're hungry, when you're full. And if you are consistently under eating and not getting adequate nutrition, those feedback loops with those hormones aren't going to be functioning properly. And therefore you're not feeling your hunger. Think about it almost as like your body protecting itself from wasting energy on feeling hunger. Um, so that's really common if you're consistently under eating and then also you're never going to feel full because your body's like, Oh, I need more energy to make sure I have enough for later. Um, but what I see again with moms is that we have so many disruptors to actually being aware of our hunger and fullness signals. Um, so either the hunger and fullness signals aren't there because our metabolisms have slowed down or we're not listening to them. We're not able to, um, turn on our interoceptive awareness or our ability to receive and interpret our body's signals. So the first thing that I typically will start my clients on is making sure that they're eating breakfast within an hour of waking up. That's going to tell your body food is coming. It's here. It's consistent. Um, I usually get a lot of pushback from that because people are like, I've never been a breakfast eater. Or, yeah, I don't yeah. feel hungry. People or, say that all the time. Yes. Or I'm like nauseated in the morning. And I just say, you kind of have to force it for a couple weeks. But what you'll notice over time is that your hunger signals are actually going to start picking up. You're actually going to be able to notice, okay, a couple hours after breakfast, I'm actually starting to feel hungry again. And that will start to make your metabolism work properly. And then eventually in the mornings, you will start to feel hunger again and like you're ready for breakfast. And then we kind of have to look at all of the disruptors that are going on too, to your physical symptoms. So having this attunement to your body, um, really listening to your body and then responding to it. Um, Disruptors could include, you know, again, taking care of others before we're taking care of ourselves, medications, um, just not having enough self-care, not having enough sleep. Um, There's so many different things that can disrupt our ability to listen to or even have those hunger signals. So we kind of have to look at all of those self-care components in order to 
um, get back in tune with our bodies. You know, it's really interesting. It was like when I started to eat more and more of the things that my body needed, I actually started to feel hunger again, which you would think like, oh, I would be more full. I wouldn't feel that. It's almost like I could feel my metabolism waking up. And that felt really good. I'm like, part of the enjoyment for me personally of eating is like feeling hungry and excited to eat Mm -hmm. and then serving that need. Okay. So one reason that we really wanted to have you on is because like your handle says, anti-diet mama, you encourage women not to focus on weight loss, especially as the goal after they have babies. What would you rather that a postpartum woman focus on as their goal? So when I think about health and wanting to improve your health, weight loss just can't be on the table. When we are looking at the scale to tell us how to eat, how to exercise, how to move our bodies, we're really creating this strained relationship with our bodies. We're not listening to our bodies. We're not having a good relationship with food. Um, So what I look at instead is making sure that you're eating enough. So we kind of talked about that already. Making sure that you're moving your body in a way that feels good to you and is supporting you from like a structural and strength component. That's why I love expecting and empower because it really focuses on building muscles so that you like can breastfeed, you know, without pain and that you can, um, you know, strengthen your shoulders and your core and your legs. Um, we want to look at stress and sleep management as well. So those are kind of the pillars, movement, nourishment, stress, and sleep that will help you to make sure that you're giving your body the care that it needs to function properly. So those are the things that I focus focus on with my clients. Um, when we are focused on weight loss, we're really in this kind of um, what I'll call a negative body image, right? We're at strain with what we feel like our body should look like. We're seeing all these people bounce back, um, which is largely genetic or a lot of really under eating and not supporting your body. And what I'm working on is getting my patients or my clients out of this body hatred and moving to body respect. Um, so instead of focusing on weight loss, we're focusing on all these other things and then just having more acceptance of your body so that um, you're not having these expectations that are causing you to hate your body. You know, if we're expecting the bounce back, if we're expecting um, that we're going to be back to our pre-pregnancy weight, we're just never going to be in a happy place with our bodies. Yeah, I think it's a tough period of time for women when the focus really cannot be on weight loss, especially if you're breastfeeding, you Mm -hmm. need that nourishment. And so it's going to be a little bit out of your hands for a while. I also think just the idea of fitting into your clothes. I always tell people, I just bought bigger clothes Mm -hmm. because that takes the pressure off. And that just really helped me. Like I wanted a couple things that I felt really good in for my body at that stage. Yeah, I think that's really important in improving your relationship with your body because if you're constantly trying to fit into things that are uncomfortable or are digging into your belly or your, you know, your bras aren't fitting or whatever, those are constant reminders that your body isn't what it used to be. So just buying clothing that fits well and that you're comfortable in takes that mental load away from it as well. Right. 
Okay. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, I think this happens to people a lot. You know, I know we're in the midst of summer right now. We're having these parties, these barbecues, these holidays. And what I see people do is really punish themselves with exercise and food restriction. So they feel like maybe they ate too much. And so what their strategy is, is the next morning they're going to skip breakfast. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through this and what you would suggest instead? Yeah. So going back to just kind of making sure that you're eating adequately throughout the day, regardless of what the rest of your day looks like, I think it is okay to plan ahead and be like, you know, I'm having a barbecue. There probably aren't going to be many vegetables. So I'm going to have a salad with some protein for lunch. You know, you can think ahead in that way, but restricting and not eating enough throughout the day or like saving your calories for later is just going to send you into a tailspin when you finally do get to the barbecue, right? You're going to feel out of control of food. You're going to eat the things that look really um, appealing to you, which usually when you're hungry are things that are high in carbs and high in fat. Um, So we want to make sure we're coming from a place of being nourished in a balanced way and then going into it and picking the foods that you really want to eat and that you can really enjoy and pay attention to it. You know, I'm all about mindful eating and making sure that you have a little bit more awareness when you're eating. Um, I know that's not always possible as moms, but as much as you can, you know, really allow yourself to enjoy those foods. Don't put conditions on it. When we're using movement as a way to compensate for eating foods, that's creating a really negative relationship also with exercise because Mm -hmm. we're just using it as a calorie burn instead of this thing that can really help us to improve our mental health and our strength and our sleep and all these other really positive things that is going to be so negated if you're only focusing on the calorie burn or trying to work off your food or earn food. That's really um, not good. So moving your body for all of those other reasons and making sure that you're eating adequately would be my answers to that. Making sure that um, you're not punishing yourself and you're really challenging those thoughts that like I need to work out in order to earn this or um, I need to earn this food by not having an, enough calories throughout the day. Make sure you're kind of checking yourself. One thing that I do now actually is when Drew and I go out to dinner, we're usually eating later than we do as a family. That's just like by the time we can get the babysitter and get downtown and everything. I actually have a snack before we go to dinner because I know I'm going to be eating later Mm -hmm. and I don't want to show up like absolutely starving. That just does not feel good to me. So it's like, it's almost the opposite of what you would think is actually helpful. Like having that snack before the barbecue or the snack before dinner, just knowing that you don't want to get yourself in that like ravished situation. So and it, it, it helps me enjoy my dinner more right? when I can just like think about what I really want and not think about how fast we can order. Right. And I think what's important there too is like, it's okay to build up hunger a little bit, but once you kind of tip the scales yes. and it's like you are ravenous, you're not going to be able to make decisions about food. All of the food looks really good. You probably wouldn't choose the foods that you really want when you're out. So it's good to like have a little bit of hunger. Maybe look at the menu when you have um, a little free time when you're feeling a little bit more full or just after your le- next meal so that you can make a decision before and not from this place of like ravenous hunger. I know because I also then eat fast, yes. which when I go out to dinner, I'm like, I want to really enjoy the food. 
One thing that has become really popular, it's made its way over to Instagram, I think heavily, very popular on TikTok, is this trend of videos. And it's the influencer showing everything that she eats in a day. And a lot of times in these videos, the woman is very attractive. She has this figure that other people might want. So I want to know from your perspective as a dietitian, why is taking exactly what someone else is doing and inserting it into your life not always going to work the same way that it works for her? Every body is different, right? Every body has different needs. And even like my body or your body day to day is going to have different needs. So when we're looking at someone else's intake in a day of however many calories with whatever foods, that's not going to directly translate to what our needs are, what our activity is, what our muscle mass is, what our genetics are. Um, not to mention like food accessibility as well, plus all of the other things that determine our health, right? So it's not realistic to say, if I eat like that person, my body's going to look like theirs. Our bodies are vastly different because of our genetics, because of our socioeconomic status, because of our health care. You know, there's so much more that goes into our health and our body type than just what our nutrition is. Mm. That's so interesting because it's so tempting to think that you can just, you know, take someone else's homework and put it into your, but what we find is it really doesn't work. I also, when we're talking about different seasons of life too, when I was breastfeeding, I was so hungry and I would eat when I was hungry and it was a lot more calories, a lot more food than I eat in other seasons, but I was like, I'm listening to my body. My body is starving. I don't care if it's the middle of the night. I'm up breastfeeding. Like I do need this snack. Right. And there's no app that can like account for that either. You know, if we're tracking calories or trying to eat within a certain range of calories each day, we're never going to be listening to our bodies adequately because we're just going by this, like we're trying to fit into a box and that box is not how our bodies work. Our bodies are adaptable. They've evolved over hundreds of thousands of years to be what they are today and to survive through days where you're eating a little less and days where you're eating a little bit more. And that's all okay. Um, it does make it harder because I think it's what we want is quick results and right. easy access. And it's almost frustrating when you're yeah. like, I eat better than her. Why right. is that? Like, you know, you can really get into that comparison yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's usually tricky. just not helpful. Right. Uh, okay. So that, and that leads into the next question. Part of what you do with your community and through your anti-diet mama course is helping women with their relationship with food. You and I always talk about that's almost always step one mm -hmm. is like, we are in this generation of women that saw our moms on slim fast. And I do think a lot of women are walking around with a very strained relationship with food. So I know now you've had students go through your course. I want to know what are you hearing are the biggest takeaways or game changers for people? Yeah, I think when we grew up, we had such a mentality put onto us that food is either good or bad, or you have a good day with food, or you have a bad day with food, or we're going to start again on Monday, or I need to work this off. It It's 
so toxic. Um, so one of the things that I was just talking to one of my students about is just that she was coming from this place of such black and white thinking when it comes to food, when it comes to body, when it comes to movement and nutrition and movement and our bodies are gray. It's all of this gray space in between. There's no such thing as a perfect diet. There's no such thing as ruining your good day of nutrition by like having a cookie or whatever it is that we have this like negative view on. There's no such thing as working out perfectly to get this perfect body. So that was one of the really big takeaways from one of my students is that she talked about how she went into this course still having this goal of weight loss, but she recognized that just to feel healthier, she needed to find ways to get more in that gray space and look at food as just this thing that she can balance out and still feel good about no matter what it is um, that her body looks like. She's still taking care of her body regardless of the size. She's still taking care of her body regardless of what she ate yesterday. Um, so really look, getting rid of these like compensatory actions that we have with food and exercise and looking forward to just being more neutral about everything. Um, and still, you know, aspiring to take care of your health, but not in this way that, we're only looking at our health from a standpoint of weight. Um, we're looking at it with all of these other perspectives that are actually what we have more control over. Yes, it's still hard. Yes, it's still challenging. Maybe we're not seeing the effects on the scale, but we're feeling the effects more so than if we were looking at the scale. Even in that part of the answer, the example that popped into my mind, and maybe some of you can relate, is just even like shape magazines. And I literally remember Carrie Underwood being the cover model. And her strategy was that she wrote down every single thing she ate during the day in a journal. And then she would either earn a sticker for herself Mm. or not. And like, you're so young and you're impressionable and she looks fantastic. And you're like, okay, so maybe I should do that, you know? And I think a lot of us are trying to work out of that season of like, maybe I need to do what she does. And we're chasing also like a healthier body image and a relationship with our body. Mm -hmm. And for some women, that's very elusive. And it's something you and I talk about is it, it makes us really sad because we know how hard that is when you have a really strange relationship with your body. So I'm wondering from your clients and from your students, how are you seeing people able to grow into at least a more neutral relationship with their bodies? Yeah, it's complicated. There are lots of different factors in this and lots of different triggers for people too. I think with that example, you know, just recognizing the beauty industry and the diet industry have so much money put into it and also the vast majority of those pictures were photoshopped right um so it's not realistic to think that we can fit into or she's like early 20s you know at that time right and probably didn't have kids or you know like it's just it's not realistic to think that our bodies are supposed to look like this ideal beauty standard that we have had set for us somehow you know it just has become this thing like we need to look really thin and really toned and perfect to be worthy and when I talk to my clients about this you know I think they realize that and they know that maybe it's not attainable for them but they still think that 
if I just lost a few pounds or 10 or 20 pounds that I would have a better body image, Mm. but body image has nothing to do with your weight. And when my clients come to me and there's, they say, you know, I'm looking at pictures from me 20 pounds ago and I know that I wasn't even happy at that point, but at this point in my life, I would kill to be in that body. It's like, it's never going to be good enough, right? Mm -hmm. And you've seen those memes or reels that are like, I wish I looked like I did when I was 40. When I was 40, I wish like I looked like I did when I was 30 and so on. You know, it just, it keeps spiraling if we don't do the inner working. So with this client in particular that I was talking about earlier, she didn't really realize how bad her body image was until she was doing the course and how much of a mental load it was taking up for her she was judging herself whenever she was looking in the mirror she kept old clothes that didn't fit she was noticing a ton of negative self-talk so I really work with my clients on you know catching yourself when you are looking in the mirror and like pinching at your body and and prodding um not keeping that old clothes those old clothings like we were talking about before um trying to work on a little like cognitive behavioral therapy on if you are having a lot of negative self-talk how can we catch that and change it and not judge ourselves for it how can we turn it into something more neutral or more positive um and now that she is aware of these triggers she has all of this awareness and tools on how to improve these things so it is work that's gonna really build over time um even just within these first four weeks of having this course she's noticing that there is a lot less negative self-talk we're still working on improving going from catching the thought to changing the thought um to something that is more neutral but she is noticing that i am respecting my body instead of hating it and i just feel like everything is so much more neutral and it just feels so much easier i was so preoccupied and feeling so heavy with all this burden on my mind and now i have so much more room and space to like have other things on my mind and be able to really be the person that I want to be and do things that bring me joy instead of just always beating myself up for my body or what I was eating. Um, So I think just in general, having awareness of like where and how often these, this negative self-talk is coming up. Um, What are the things that you're saying to yourself? Is it realistic to really think that your body could be different and then that would improve your body image? Probably not. So I think starting at this place where you're respecting your body by nourishing it and working on your stress and your sleep and your movement, but then moving on to, I really recognize that I can't change my body very much. And even if I did, it wouldn't help me mentally because I'm still going to have that mental load of hating my body and being at war with my body. I need to respect it and then accept it to improve my body image overall. Mm. And even when you are talking, it's like you and I talk about how we just, for women, we just wish that their food and their body wasn't literally the main character of their life and that they could lean into all these other amazing parts that make them who they are and it wasn't so taxing to have this part be so draining and, and, you know, in some cases negative, it's really interesting because a lot of the time as moms, we do want better for our kids, Mm -hmm. but it gets really complex and I'm sure you're going to allude to it, but a lot of people listening 
want their daughters or their sons to have a healthier body image and a better relationship with their body than they have. Mm-hmm. But how how can we show up and help with that? How can we be a good example? How can we talk about food in a way that isn't going to make our kids have the issues that we might have? Yeah, this is really tricky. And I don't want to make anyone feel bad for like where they're Mm -hmm. at right now, because I think that that's really important. We have enough on our plates as women um, that we don't need to like be sad about things that we said about our body or food in the past. But what we can do is now if we know more, um, we can move forward from there and repair. Um, And that is really great because what we can do is instead of using these dichotomous terms like good and bad or healthy and unhealthy and, um, you know, I feel really bad in my body, all of these like kind of subtle things or nuanced things are going to reflect in our relationship with food and with our bodies. And that is going to be picked up by our kids. Um, and we know, like, as parents, we do have an incredible impact on our kids' health and their body image and their relationship with food. Um, but moms in particular, because we are more influenced by diet and beauty culture, we make even more of an impact than kids' fathers in particular. Um, and daughters are going to pick up on this more as well than boys because boys, you know, we say you're so strong. Um, I've been trying to say that more to my daughter too. So let's give them some tangible tips. Um, first of all, using more neutral terms when it comes to food, you know, we don't need to say you need to eat X, Y, Z foods from your plate before you can have dessert. Try to put everything in front of the kids so that we're not putting food on a pedestal or making it like more alluring to the kids. Um, because if we're saying, you know, eat one more bite of vegetables and then you can have dessert, well, then we're going to have this really negative feeling about vegetables and look at dessert as this like glorious thing, right? So we're creating a negative relationship with food with kids in that sense. Um, as far as bodies go, I would really pay attention to how you talk about your body, how you look at your body, the faces that you make about your body or when someone comments on your body or whatever it is. Um, Because if we can start to model a positive relationship with food and a positive relationship with our body, um, our kids are going to pick up on that. So Try not to say negative things about your body in front of your kids ever. Like that's just a hard no. An example of that would be like, oh, I feel so fat today or um, I hate how I look today or I just need to lose some pounds or that's why I'm working out to work off these foods. Um, We want to make sure that we're saying more positive things. Even if we don't believe it, it's kind of a fake it till you make it. I feel so strong today. I'm so grateful for my body. Look at how I can lift you up and carry you. I love that I can go for walks with you. Um, If we're saying those things out loud, we're actually going to start to believe it and shift that narrative for ourselves. Same thing with food. We can tell our kids how we're listening to our bodies. I'm feeling full, so I'm not going to have any more. Or I'm feeling hungry. This looks really good to me. Um, I'm really enjoying my food right now. Saying these things out loud sounds kind of silly to us because we're not used to it. But for kids, again, they're really going to pick up on it and start to actually pay attention to their body signals um, and give more of their energy to their intuitive eating instead of taking away from that and causing these disruptors. Another 
thing to think about is that we're not our only influence on our kids. Um, and it's really important to help our kids build some resilience against diet culture. Um, so with that, you know, we see diet culture everywhere. We are swimming in it. Can we bring it up to our kids in a way that's going to help them question it a little bit? Like say for instance, you, you're reading like a Disney princess book and all of their bodies look the same and they don't look like anybody else's bodies around you. So can you bring that up to your kid and have them question it a little bit and start to kind of challenge these narratives that we have set for ourselves and that we had set in the 90s as kids um, and start to get kids to think a little bit more critically about it. And that will help them to not fall prey to it like we have. Uh, it's so interesting. And like it, it does come at you at different angles. My kids are a little bit older now and they'll be like, they're just genuinely curious. And I do think our answers really matter. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, why is your stomach bigger than dad's? And I always tell people, I don't say because I had kids yeah. because that's not even the fact of the matter. And I just think that the idea of like, oh, kids ruined my body, like just saying things like that. It's like, we really want to shift away from that. And so I tell my boys when they ask me things like that, I'm like, everybody is different. Mm -hmm. Every single person's body looks different. Some people's stomachs are bigger. Some people's stomachs are smaller. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so giving them just, you know, and it, it, and I can understand like if they're calling out one of your insecurities, how that's hard. But I think the way that we answer is really important and that they see that we are accepting of different bodies. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to know as we wrap up here, is there anything that you wish women specifically moms, since those are the people listening is there anything that you wish they knew in terms of their relationship with their bodies and with food? I think something that I brought up earlier with just not having everything be so black and white or good and bad, um, we can free up so much mental space, which like is valuable, right? We really, we don't have a lot of mental space when we're moms of young kids, but if we can free that up, we will have a more neutral relationship with food and our body and we don't have to be striving for perfect balance or a perfect body or being positive or in love with our bodies. Um, I think that's another thing that like is coming up a lot is just like this body positivity or body love. You don't have to be in love with your body to take care of it. Um, your body still does so much for you and there's so much good in it. Even if you don't feel positively about it or even neutral about it, you can still recognize all the things that your body does for you on a consistent basis um, and treat it as such. So just think about like how much time you do spend ruminating about food and your body and your movement and wanting your body to look different or grieving the body you once had. And then start to stop yourself in those thoughts and that rumination and start to recognize what are actually my values? What does bring me joy? How can I put my energy elsewhere so that I'm not just constantly trying to make my body different? And how can I maybe be a little more, show a little more gratitude for my body um, so I can start to move forward with my day to day and not be so caught up in 
this diet culture and and beauty trap that we've been in for so long. Um, There is a bright side to all of this in that like you can really improve your relationship with food and your body. It is work, but it is so freeing. Yeah, exactly. I really love that the focus of this interview was really more about relationship with food and these different things that are really going to help women. We didn't go into eat a carrot and do this and do that because I think there's enough of that out there. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's enough talk about like the way that we have a relationship with food, the way that that affects our relationship with our body and how to work on those things. So if people enjoyed what they heard, where can they find more of you? Yeah, I'm over at Instagram at anti.diet.mama, M-A-M-A. And my website is antidietmama.com. I do have my course relaunching sometime this summer. So stay tuned for that. I'm very excited about it and seeing just some awesome transformations there. So um, if one-on-one nutrition coaching is not... For you right now, this course is kind of the next best thing. Um, And I'm really passionate about helping women to just free up their mental load with food and body so that they can find more balance and do the things that make them more authentically them. Perfect. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we would love to see you share it over on Instagram, tagging, expecting it and empowered and at anti.diet.mama. Thanks so much for listening.